ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! Welcome on board the Ghost Train, the podcast that brings you right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. Now, before we get started with today's podcast, don't forget to stay up to date with all the scary and fun posts of the GT on Instagram, which is at Ghost Train Podcast. Twitter, you can look us up at Ghost Train PC, or Facebook, you can search Ghost Train Podcast. This is where I post videos and pics that guests and I talk about, just like Lisa's crazy videos she's posted about her boutique, some of the haunting kind of activity that's been going on there. And I also share interesting paranormal articles, and also my life events. Now this week, as I just kind of mentioned, the Ghost Train welcomes back Lisa, the owner of the Haunted Pink Cadillac Boutique located in Haunted Colorado Springs. Now things have been getting pretty creepy and weird for Lisa these past few months, so she contacted me to get her story out there to see if there is anyone else that has ever had something like this happen to them. All right, let's get this train a-rolling. Next stop, everybody welcome. All aboard! Lisa, the owner of the famous pink Cadillac boutique, is back on board the GT. And last time we chatted, the activity at your home and work were a little under control. Things were happening, but it was under control. And you messaged me and you seemed completely rattled about the events that have been going on recently. Yes. And you've been getting letters from beyond the grave. Now, yes. for, for all the passengers of the ghost train out there, can you explain what the hell is going on? With you and these letters from beyond the grave that are like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, this one, um, you would think nothing would surprise me at this point in time, but uh, here I am, surprised. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, this was uh, earlier this month, actually, and um, my daughter was working the store that day, and she, she, so the mail lady, we don't have an external mailbox, so she has to actually bring it in. So the mail lady brings the mail in. My daughter comes in the back to hand me the mail. She's like, this is a really weird letter. And it's kind of, the, the handwriting is you know, poor at best. But the um, the return address is the same as the store address. Mm. So, okay, you're just like, okay, that's strange. So I open it up, and it's this very sort of cryptic letter. And I'm trying to figure out what it means because it's it's written like an, in four different places there's like it's all over the place right so after looking at this and so my daughter myself and then my husband got here um and my daughter's boyfriend was here as well all four of us are sitting down trying to figure out what this letter means and why somebody would send it well what we came up with it was kind of obvious you know and it just took us a minute to figure it out. Um, so the return address is, of course, the store address, but it's from FMD. Well, who is it from? FMD. Just initials. Okay. Interesting. So, so we're like, okay, FMD. That what is this? And it was signed FMD. The 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 letter part. Well, then. I started reading more, and it says, the letter instructed me to put up a, a sign in the window that says, everybody welcome. Well, that's when I figured out, okay, this this is a reference to Fannie Mae Duncan, and that's what FMD stands hmm. for. So to give you a little background on why that name might be important, 
the very first two paranormal investigations that were done here kind of stirred up information and history with Fannie Mae Duncan. So Fannie Mae Duncan, well, the first investigation, during some EVPs, they had picked up names. In researching those names, we found out there were, in fact, ties to Fannie Mae Duncan, who owned the Cotton Club here in Colorado Springs, just down the street here on Colorado Avenue. So, in researching more, um, of course, the history of the store here, um, and I think we've talked about this before, going back to 1898, nobody stayed more than a year or two until it became a music store in the late 1950s. And mm. they stayed around until 2006, actually, when they passed away. They were the only ones to stay for more than a year or two. Mm. So, the gentleman who owned the music store, it turns out he was one of the only, well, the only owner that would sell to both black and white musicians. Okay. So that was interesting. So Fannie Mae Duncan, the reason she had a, she had a sign in her front window of her club, the Cotton Club, and it said, everybody welcome, because she welcomed both black and white patrons in her bar, her club. Mm. And, I mean, this club was a big deal in its day. I mean, everybody, um, Etta James played there, B.B. King played there, Billie Holiday. Um, all of the big jazz musicians of that era all played there. Interestingly enough, I'm going to go on a little bit of a history tangent here. I'm so liking it. I'm loving it. <laughs> Fannie Mae would welcome all of these great black musicians to come play at the Cotton Club, but they couldn't stay in the hotels here in town. We have two affluent hotels in town. They're still here. The Antlers Hotel and the Broadmoor. And they were black, so they couldn't stay there. So she ended up buying a huge 42-room mansion because it operated as both her home and she would also have her musicians stay there. So she rented as kind of a hotel also. So, nice. yeah. It, so, but anyway, so the point is, she had her whole logo, her whole theme was everybody welcome. So in digging through a little bit more history, we found out that Mr. Cleasy, who owned the music store here, not only was he involved with musicians at the Cotton Club, he actually was in the house band at the Cotton Club. Really? Yes. And then after, because of course, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cleesey, they never had children. So when they passed away, the property, the, our boutique, um, went to her sister, uh, Mrs. Cleesey's sister, which is who we bought the property from. So I reached out to them and I talked to them about all of this. They said, they did confirm that Mr. Cleesey was in the house band at the Cotton Club. And interestingly enough, we got a few more names and did a little bit more research from them. Mr. Cleesey also owned several rental properties right here in the neighborhood, and they were all rented to Henry Duncan's family members. So it appears that they had a pretty good connection. So we found all of this out after that first paranormal investigation. So the second paranormal investigation comes in. Now, we didn't share any of the information. Actually, the first team that came in 
And of course, Robert was the, the lead investigator on that investigation, which is how we met him and we're now good friends with him. So he had recommended that we get another paranormal team to come in to essentially confirm their findings, like kind of like with the doctor, you can get a second opinion. So I said, you know, that's not a bad idea. So we had the second team come in. And of course, they had a, a really eventful night. <laughs> and uh, the next day, we sat down to chat with them. And they have a part of their team, they have a, a medium or a sensitive or a psychic that's on their team. She sat down at the kitchen table with me the next day and she said, well, you know, Fannie Mae Duncan used to hang out here and she still likes it here. She had coffee in this kitchen many, many times and she just still likes to hang out here. So I was like, oh, okay. And I'll be honest, my first thought was, <laughs> how did she know? Trying to figure out how she would have known that. I actually, after the first investigation, I was kind of interested in the history of Fannie Mae Duncan, given the circumstances. So I did buy, she has a book that somebody, it was put out several years ago, but it's called Everybody Welcome. And so I bought the book and still haven't finished reading it. Don't tell Fannie Mae though. <laughs> I think she already knows. <laughs> right? She's like, I know, God dang yeah. it. But anyway, so... So I had bought the book, and it was in the bottom of one of my dresser drawers when the second team came in. And I even thought, I wonder if they went through my dresser and found that book. You know, I'm trying to logically yeah. wrap my mind around how would these people know this at all, you know. So that was crazy. So, um, but this has been a year and a half ago, a little over that at this point in time. So that's been, that's been a long time ago. <clears throat> so I had kind of forgotten about it. Because we've had so many other things go on. So when I got the letter in the mail, that's when I was like, whoa, okay, this is a Fannie Mae Duncan reference. So everybody welcome. That was interesting. The next line, interestingly enough, says, I'll be there May 4th. Well, we have, uh, we do allow public investigations here at the store. Um we just through the summer months and we have Robert from Front Range Paranormal uh, Research Society come in and he sort of leads these investigations. Oftentimes the public doesn't know kind of what to do or what equipment to use and he sort of helps them with all of that. So we had a public investigation scheduled. Well, because we were running into some negative energy here at the store that we thought we had gotten rid of, but apparently had not, we actually just marked it as sold out and did not do the investigation at all. Really? We, had, we actually had a cleansing performed on the house in the store on May 5th, as a matter of fact. So we did the cleansing. Um, that was Monica from Colorado oh. Paranormal Seekers. <laughs> I get all <laughs> of the groups mixed up. So she came in and she did a cleansing on the house. And that was a, that was an epic evening um some things happened that i've never i i wouldn't have believed it if i hadn't been there it was crazy but so what happened what happened well, you can't just leave me hanging like that <laughs> so, not letting you off the hook <laughs> so we were you know and i i mentioned this on the last the last time we spoke the bruising and things like that were happening 
and this stuff right. all started to happen again. No and way. It was, we were being physically attacked. It was, and having lived through it once before, I recognized it pretty quickly, what was going on. So, so Monica comes in, and on May the 5th, and she's got her, her suitcase full of, you know, holy water and all kinds of stuff, you know, and she's ready to do her thing. Right. So, um, so she says, she tells my husband and, and myself and, and Robert uh, from Front Range Paranormal was here. She says, you guys have to wait outside, wait in the backyard. Um, if I don't come out in two hours, come looking for me. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Oh, all right. Great. Okay, just what I wanted to do on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we we go in the backyard, and um, so my husband was sort of at the the very back of where the the yard is, where the barbecue grill is. Um, we decided since we had to hang out in the backyard, we might as well barbecue. So um, sounds like a great idea, right? <laughs> so Robert and I are sitting on the patio. Um, at the at the table on the patio, which is just on the other side of the kitchen, uh, and just above um, the part of the basement where Monica was at at that time. So we're both sitting there, and we hear a scream. It was sort of a uh, it was it was a very panicked scream, um, but a not like a scream I'd ever heard before. Uh, hmm. my first thought would have been maybe one of the neighbors, but it actually just so happens none of the neighbors were home that night. The neighbors on, on the left of us, they, they weren't home at all. It's their bowling night. So. Let <laughs> <laughs> me Right. So them and their kids, they were gone. It was bowling night. And the neighbors on the right hand side, they're in the process of turning that house into an Airbnb. So nobody's living there right now. They're doing a little bit of remodeling during the day, but at night nobody's there. So the only place the screen could have come from was my house, my store. And I immediately start worrying about Monica. So um, I run in the back door and start looking for Monica and calling her name. I finally found her. She was in the basement in the very far corner, which, again, would be right underneath where the patio is, where Robert and I were sitting. So uh, I'm like, are, are you okay? And, and she, she kind of looks at me a little confused, and she just looks utterly exhausted, you know. And and she's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, and I was like, well, we heard a scream. And she goes, yeah, I'll be out shortly, and I'll, I'll explain everything. So I said, okay. So shortly thereafter, she comes out, and she explains that it, she had been fighting with this negative ent entity that was had sort of been pushed down into our basement and it was staying there but um it had recently come out and was sort of everywhere so she had pushed it back down into the corners of the basement and when she actually pushed it completely out was about the same time rob and i heard the scream wow yeah it was uh, even the next day I got a text message from Robert, and he's like, that scream was really weird. I've never heard anything like that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. try and describe it. Try and describe it for me. Like, was it, it – would you say it's like a male or female? Did it sound like a like an it sounded, animal? It sounded like, female. Yeah? 
sounded female, but it sounded wounded and panicked and uh, all at the same time. If that wow. makes sense. It was just, yeah, it was, you know, even when I think about it now, it still gives me chills because it was just not right. Mm-hmm. So, and so, so I just wanted to, to ask you this because the last time we talked, you were saying to the passengers that this other investigation group had come in and an older kind of hippie guy yep. said that he had cleared the house and taken the, this negative energy out yep. and taken it up into the mountains and released yep. it. Yep. But I guess that didn't really happen, did it? It didn't. He thought he did. And again, according to Monica, which yeah. is my, she's like my guru now. <laughs> she can do things I'm just I'm amazed by every time I, I chat with her for but, sure um, she said that likely it just pushed whatever was here down into the depths of the basement um, and so it was laying low but it was still there now Monica did also say that whatever it was was it had never been human and it wasn't necessarily a demon but it was not good at all and she also did say it had been here a long time, um, probably longer than the house. It was associated with, like, the the ground. It mm. was whatever it was. So, um, so that, you know, Monica's just, like I said, she's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this kind of stuff. But so it was laying low. Now, we had had an investigation here. Oh, gosh a week or two prior to all of this cleansing, maybe even just a week prior. So during this investigation, it was a public investigation. We had allowed a Ouija board to be used. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've, I'll be real honest. I've always, I, the more I've studied on Ouija boards or talking boards or speaking boards or whatever you want to call them, yeah. I've really never felt that they necessarily have power. It's the person using it that okay. maybe has ill intent or whatever. I think that's possible. Uh, I'm really sure now. But so, <laughs> so there were some people at this investigation that I didn't know. And it's hard to say, I mean, what their intent was while they were using the board. Right. Um, and so kind of the way Monica explained it to me because uh, she was also here that night so she was she witnessed everything uh, my husband and I we always leave during the investigations um, we take the dogs and cats so Monica having been here witnessed everything she really felt like something came through the board that night really and felt like it was whatever this negative thing was that was in the basement that had been pushed down to the corners of the basement the Ouija board had allowed it to sort of take over the house again. And so she even said, yeah, of course, we all remember the cranky old man, Gus. So Gus uh, was, uh, she said he had been pushed down into the, the corner and really wasn't, didn't even know if, if we wanted him here anymore. And I said, oh, no, we, you know, Gus is like, he's like part of the family, you know, we got to have Gus. You know? <laughs> so... So anyway, but um, so once once we got rid of all of all of the negative energy, everything started to kind of go back to normal. Um, it was you know, more of the prankster stuff again. You know, the doors opening, closing, yep. 
things moving, but the negative stuff wasn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. So we, and I feel, I kind of feel bad because I may have banished this demon like thing to my neighbor's house. Ooh. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry, not I, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Get out of my house. Not my problem. I don't know what to do. Do you send flowers, send a card? Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. Right. But um, after this cleansing and, and we hear it through the scream and all of this, as if that wasn't weird enough, um, the next morning, first thing, I mean, probably six o'clock in the morning, I get a text from the lady who owns the house next door that's turning it into an Airbnb. And she said, I've got to show you these pictures from our motion sensor cameras. Uh oh. So, all right. So. So she texts me all of these pictures and uh, tons of pictures of just like a white mist or a white fog um, in front of the cameras. And I said, now wait a minute, so these are motion sensors? And she said, yeah, they're motion sensor cameras. And we have them set to, you know, to the least sensitive setting that there is. So... And I'm kind of, it, that's kind of blowing my mind. Because, oh, but it just went off all night. Like yeah. Every five to ten minutes, it would go off. The same thing. They've never had that happen before or since, incidentally. And interestingly enough, when Monica was here and she got rid of this thing, she said, um, before she left, she said, it's going to be looking for someplace else to go. Um. So then the next morning, I get these text messages from the, the neighbor and uh, so I immediately messaged Monica and I said, boy, were you right? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> it sure was looking for someplace to go. And it looks like it's my neighbor's house. I don't think I'll be borrowing any sugar from them anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my God. That's too creepy. Yeah. So so that's kind of why. So that's why we didn't do the investigation on May the 4th. And we did the cleansing on May the 5th. I think it's so, a good idea. Good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah, I was like, no, I don't want anybody coming in with all this bad stuff going on. Um, But so to get back to the letter, so they they it says I'll be there on May 4th. And I again, we had an investigation planned, but nobody knew that we didn't actually do the investigation because of all this stuff going on. Nobody living, I suppose. Anyway, (laughs) so other than myself, my husband, Robert and Monica. Um, and Gus, good and old Gus. Gus, he, he's <laughs> all knowing, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the but the next line in the letter says, "Celebrate me on July 5th. Special blessings, Fanny." And I'm like, "What is the deal with July 5th? That's weird." So again, we've kind of figured out that this is a Fanny Mae Duncan reference because of the everybody welcome and all of that. So I looked it up on. Wikipedia, and um, that was Fanny Mae Duncan's birthday. She liked that. Really? So, yeah. So, I'm like, huh, okay. Um, so, then the next page just kind of goes on, rambles on again about everybody welcome, um, and then it, it, get, it gives me marketing advice. It says <laughs> um, to expand my business, and it, the one thing that kind of caught my attention was it says sponsor television programs. And the first time I read it, again, not putting the Fannie Mae Duncan stuff together, but I thought television programs, that's, I haven't heard that verbiage since my memo. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's some older uh, verbiage. So I, I just thought that was odd verbiage, but kind of started making sense once we figured all of this out. Um, but she goes on to say that the news anchors are going to wear uh, PCB clothing um, and that I, it does go on to say to send positive vibes to uh, the community and neighbors. Uh, they're angels in disguise. Watch out for fires and smoking something. Kind of can't read that part. And then it says to be careful of tempers. But then it's signed FMD and Ed. And so I'm like, who the hell is Ed? And Ed. <laughs> oh, my God. I just got chills. Yeah, I just got so chills from Ed. Who the hell's Ed? Ed? Well, I did some more research on that. And Amy Duncan's husband's name was Edward. Oh, my God. Weird. So, but then there was one other part of the letter. I mean, so we figured all of this stuff out. One other part of the letter, I was like, this is the craziest, weirdest thing ever. And this is all written in pen, you know, the letter. But mm -hmm. And then one part of the letter, in the, like, hot pink, like, Sharpie or marker, um, is a flamingo. And it says, pink flamingo to pink cat. And, I mean, it's a crude picture at best. But I figured out it was a flamingo because of what it said. So, anyway. Right. Um, and that was the one that just kept bugging me and kept bugging me. I couldn't figure out. Like, I figured out all of these other clues. What is this? What is the pink flamingo? So, then it was a couple of days later. And, again, I had bought the Everybody Welcome Fanny Duncan book after that very first um, investigation. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to find out a little bit more about her. Her name kept coming up, and so I was kind of intrigued. So anyway, so I go through, I felt compelled to, to grab that book and look at the table of contents. And lo and behold, there was the answer to the pink flamingo. Chapter 15 of her book was Flamingo Pink Neon. Weird. So... But, and the reason, the, the bigger story on that is the, the Cotton Club had a huge neon sign in front of it, um, which was pretty, um, it, it was very expensive in its day. I think um, in the book I read that it was like, she paid $4,500, which back in the day, that was a lot of money. So, um, but, and, I didn't know, I never knew what color it was because all the pictures were black and white. So, anyway, it was pink. And mm. the color was pink flamingo neon when she ordered the sign for $4,500. Weird, weird <laughs> stuff going on. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so we finally figured out all of the this cryptic stuff in the letter. Well, so then I... I of course, talk with my some of my good friends. Um, I've got a few psychic medium people that I kind of consider my confidants, and I really they're my go-to people with stuff like this. Um, of course, one of which being Monica, um, and she she without a doubt feels like essentially this letter was it was Fanny Duncan was channeling into a clairvoyance. To write the letter. So, I didn't know that was possible, but apparently it is. <laughs> um, oh, I believe that. So, ghosts can talk to 
they can communicate through a, a clairvoyant verbally, of course, which makes sense. I've heard of that before, but I didn't know that they could also channel into them and have them scribe a letter for them. I didn't know that either. That's right? Crazy. So I'm like, and, and so I had posted pictures of this letter on my Facebook page because honestly, I kind of wanted to get opinions because I'm like, should I be worried? Is this some kind of a weird threat maybe? I don't understand. Absolutely. And, uh, so I had posted it on my Facebook page. I got a lot of feedback um, from a lot of people who don't know each other, mind you, who said, this looks like it was scribed by a clairvoyance. And uh-huh. I'm like, okay, explain that to me. So that's how I kind of found, found out about this. So, so yeah, then Monica says, oh, yeah, this was, I feel like this was written, um, channeled through somebody. Hmm. So then um, I have a another a friend of mine, uh, interestingly enough, she's also a psychic here in town, and she does a lot of readings over at Celebration Metaphysical Store. And um, she came into the store when I told her about the letter, and she wanted to hold it um, and get an idea. And immediately, I mean, you could see the goosebumps on her arms. She said, yeah, this is from, this is from Fang Me Duncan. And it was sense through a clairvoyant or a scribe or whatever you want to call it. So I've got all of these sort of experts in the field kind of telling me this. So, you know, so I, I kind of like, all right, well, I'm getting letters from ghosts now. I guess I should probably pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) I would think so. Right. So she told me to put up a sign that says everybody welcome. So we have a big chalkboard sign that I put in front of the store every day. And you better know, I put everybody welcome on it and <laughs> right out front. And, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> and um, actually that weekend, I I decided um, I had some friends. Well, after posting this on my Facebook page, I had several friends sending me additional information that I didn't know. One friend said, you know, she's buried in Evergreen Cemetery. Well, that's only about three miles from me here at the store. So I thought, well, you know what? I should probably go pay my respects. If she's writing me letters from the grave, I should probably take her flowers. I don't know. Uh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> so um, I had a few things to take to her. Um, of course, I took flowers. But I also, in after this post, um, I had a friend of mine send me a picture of Fannie Mae Duncan standing next to her car. And, um, so, and this one actually gave me chills. Don't, don't even say it. Don't say it. All of these coincidences, all of these odd things. She's standing next to her car. Her car is a 1960 Cadillac Fleetwood. Oh my God. That's the exact car I have. The pink Cadillac that I named the boutique after um, it's a 1960 Cadillac Fleetwood, which is not exactly a common car. No. At all. Okay. So I was a little blown away by that. And uh, so probably a year ago, I had a guy come into the store and he gave me an old, um, like a Hot Wheels car, a Matchbox car, but like the old kind that were metal. Yep. It, it was an old Cadillac. And he came in. I've never seen him before or since. But he said, I just felt like I should give this to you. 
And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Thank you. And so I had put it in, in a, the drawer of one of our displays. But I didn't really know what to do with it. And so when I went to visit Penny Mae's grave and I took the flowers, I took the car and I put it on top of her grave. So that's amazing. I'm like, wow, she's got pretty awesome taste in cars. So. <laughs> yeah, great minds think alike, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So, that's that's yeah. pretty wild. It's almost like a... It's not a murder mystery, but it is still a mystery to put yourself... You have to get right into it and put it all together. And, and it is. And, you know, I bought, that, I bought that car years ago, long before I even opened the store. And, of course, the store... I mean, I've been here for three years now. So, it's, I've had the car for, I guess, probably about five. So, it's kind of crazy that all of this stuff is coming full circle, but it seems to have started... So long ago. So I don't know. It's very strange. So. <laughs> very weird. And that's like, it's something that doesn't really, it's not explainable because it's not right. like someone went through your drawer, found this old book that you had uh-huh. and said, oh, oh yeah, Fannie Mae Duncan, I got to make this, this letter and, and, and yeah. ship it to Lisa. And it's like, no one's going to do that. Right. Who would, and look up her birthday and all of yeah. that and, and, and then know her husband. You get all Scripted messages and things like that. It just doesn't make any sense. No. Like, why someone want to do that? Exactly. Exactly. So that's the part that was completely weird. Um, but then, as if that wasn't weird enough. Oh, God. Today, just today, I'm standing up front. The mail lady comes in. She brings me my mail. And I, I kind of had to sigh because... Hands me an envelope, same oh, writing, God. and same as before. It says, you know, the return address is the same as my store address. It just says FMD. I'm like, I'm almost afraid to open it, right? You know. Oh, so I opened it, and so it says, "Thank you, everybody, welcome." So I think I got chills there. I got chills there. For putting the everybody welcome sign out that I had, yeah. um, and then it's signed again, Fanny Fanny Mae Duncan, and um, now on this one, and she of course gives me more marketing advice. So she told she she told me to do a fashion show, um, and to maybe use some of the neighbors and to let them model. So yeah, I'm looking at doing that. You know, I mean, it's a pretty good idea. I don't see a downside to it. Sounds oh. kind of fun. Right? I'm like, she's got good ideas. So I, I can't, you, you know. coming, Fanny. <laughs> right? I'm like, right on. I've got a pretty cool marketing consultant here. So, <laughs> and then um, the one part I couldn't figure out on this letter, it says, feed stray cats. And I'll be honest, when I saw that, I was like, maybe somebody's messing with me. Because that's so weird. Oh, and there is a flamingo on this one as well. And okay. They drew the flamingo in the same place on this letter that they did on the last letter, and it says flamingo, which of course we know that reference now. Mm-hmm. But the stray cat feed stray cats, and I thought, what does? Why would I feed? Why would Fannie Mae Duncan care if I feed the stray cats in town? And then, of course, I called Monica, my guru, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, you know what? I think it's a reference to homeless. 
I was I was gonna say that like like a cool yeah. cat like the way yeah. they talked back then. Exactly, and I mean they were music. You know, she ran a, a jazz club. I mean, they were musicians, um, and so you know, cat was a very common um, term to use, and a stray cat was a homeless person or a person who didn't have a band. Stray cat was a pretty common term for that. So I was like, you know, Monica, that makes total sense. And I was like, the funny thing is, I, I do, um, we do have a certain homeless population in this area. And just a, gosh, probably three weeks ago, I had a gentleman come by and I had seen him walk by the store many times. He came in and he needed, he wanted some food for him and his, his wife. And, um, I had made some extra, I always make way too much food. And so I had some extra spaghetti and meatballs that I had made. So I was like, yeah, I've got, I just, I have too much anyway. So here. So I gave it to him. And then, oh gosh, just a, just the other day, um, Robert, again, uh, from Front Range Paranormal, and he stops by. And uh, I was like, hey, it's about dinner time. I have a pot roast going. You want to stick around for dinner? He's like, sure. Well, then, um, because I do have, there's some homeless people in the community that I do consider my friends. And uh, this one gentleman, his name is Graham. And he comes by from time to time. We have great conversations. And uh, so he stopped by right about then as well. And I said, sorry, my dog. He's <laughs> ghosts around, keeping, keeping him safe. So, so Graham stops by. And uh, I said, well, hey, do you want to stick around for dinner? And he's like, sure, absolutely. So it's not uncommon for me to, you know, I do have some homeless people around here that, that do stop by for dinner sometimes. So, so I think that's what that, that was about, the Stray Cat reference. But, yeah, so I don't know. Time will tell if I get more letters. That's pretty amazing. And... <laughs> And not so, it's not so much scary. It's, it's, she's trying to help, uh-huh. but it's just so weird, right? It's just it's something that I've never heard of happening before. And I don't know if any uh-huh. of the, the listeners and passengers of the ghost train have ever heard anything like that. If you have, let us know okay. and how you dealt with that kind of situation. But for, for me, I've never ever heard of that happening. Right. Someone writing letters, a clairvoyant writing letters. Yes. That, that's it's, crazy. Yeah. If anybody has some, some experiences or insight, I'm all ears because this has kind of blown my mind a little bit. The writing is very, um, it just looks like, like chicken scratching. It's just yeah. very hard to read in places even. Um, right. But I'm picturing yeah. it like written with their left hand or something like that. How, yeah. how messy and, and, and legible it would be. Right. That's but exactly um, the one thing that really kind of, kind of piqued my interest was the one, um, psychic that you were sitting down for coffee with that had said, Oh, Fanny, Fanny Mae Duncan used to sit in here and have coffee all the time. And did she say that she still comes? Yeah. She said she likes staying out here all the time. And so, so what got me thinking was how you wrote out on the sign, everybody welcome. It would that also mean all the ghosts are welcome too? Probably. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. And, I just yeah. hope I just hope for you that the spirit or entity that you banished right. doesn't see that sign and and is like, oh, I guess I'm welcome back. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, guess who's back? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh Probably my god. Not. Or I'll have yeah. to call yeah. Monica again. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say that's not gonna happen. But right. um oh, at least I hope for your sake. But right. do you think that the, I remember you were saying that there were tunnels all throughout the basement. Yes. And we were kind of thinking those could be like almost veins for spirits to be traveling and portals almost to be able to get from one spot to another. Right. And I'm wondering if that's the sign out front welcoming everyone is going to have you seen activity kind of ramp up? Oh, yes. Um again, just kind of the playful stuff, but like yesterday I was in the back working on some inventory and the front door opened. And we have um, we have the the sensors on the door that says front door opener, back door opener, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, so I hear the door open. So I, I finish up what I'm doing. Of course, I go up front, and front door's wide open, and nobody's there. So I went back and watched the security cameras because it wasn't a busy. It wasn't windy. It, uh, I was like, I don't think anybody just opened the door and ran off. But so I pulled the security camera up, and. You see the door open halfway. I mean, almost like somebody pushed it. And then you see it, again, almost pushed again so that it opens all the way. So there's two distinct movements on the Mm -hmm. door. And, you know, I have, we have some, uh, a local artist that makes dream catchers. And um, there's one hanging right by the front door, and it's got feathers on it. You don't see any of the feathers move at all so there's it clearly wasn't any wind right so i don't know and then actually it was kind of funny um i guess it was just a couple of days ago um i had a salesman in here and i hope she's not listening but um she she was trying to sell me a business um cell phone plan and you know t-mobile anyway point is so she's in here. She's trying to sell me, and I, I'll be honest, I was kind of busy. I was kind of getting a little irritated, but yeah. I was like, okay, give me your spiel. And um, she's in the middle of her spiel, and she had heard this place is haunted, and the front door flew open. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, there's the door. Get yeah. the hell out of here. Exactly. Lisa's busy was, right now. <laughs> Take like, a hike. Even my ghosts are like, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out, man. <laughs> Take Take the hint. Take the hint. Oh, my exactly. God. That's <laughs> With that front door, because I've seen that video that you were talking about. Yeah. It's Would like it... a round doorknob that you actually have to physically turn. Right. And, and then pull to open it. And so that's like, I'm like, how? Oh, there's no way. There's just yeah. no way. Okay. I mean, that's what I want to clear up. I was watching the video, and I was like, I just want to know. Is this going to be something that could just be blown right. by the wind or maybe the door wasn't closed properly, right. but it looks secure when and closed when the video yeah. is going and then all of a sudden it just pops open. Exactly. And that's, I mean, if for some reason it hadn't been shut all the way, if it was really windy, you know, I think it could probably, the wind could probably push it open if it hadn't been latched all the way, yeah. um, or closed all the way. I think that could probably happen. Um, but I'm 99% sure it was close and last. And again, it wasn't windy at all. So, yeah. yeah. The fact <laughs> that Dreamcatcher wasn't moving or anything is. Uh, the feathers. And then I have tissue paper right there at the front counter, too, pink tissue paper uh, that I wrap um, purchases in. And mm-hmm. 
again, it's right there too. And you don't see the tissue paper move or the feathers on the, the dream catcher move at all. So wow. it yeah, it didn't look like it, it was wind at all. <laughs> so. Holy shit. That's crazy, Lisa. That's right? insane. <laughs> yeah. You got a whole bunch of stuff going on. At yes, your I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to thank you for being on board the ghost train with us once again. And as always, if the creepy continues, which I know it will, do not hesitate and let me know, and we'll get you back on board, and we'll have another chat. Right on. I'm sure we'll be talking again. <laughs> I, have, I have a sneaking suspicion that that's exactly what's going to be happening. Right? <laughs> I just hope that it's more of these kind of stories and not the ones of you getting hurt or bruised or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. these kind of stories, are, are they're okay. I'm, you know, I can, I can deal good. with this. <laughs> yeah, these are feel-good Ghost stories, right? Kind of is. Oh, yeah. I feel like the Oprah of the ghost world or something. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, uh, we'll chat soon and have a great night. All right. Thanks, Drew. I want to thank Lisa for sharing that incredibly amazing story with all of the passengers of the ghost train. I'm glad she's got the help that she needed to hopefully finally rid her home of that negative energy. And as for those letters she was getting, all I can say is it's super strange, but I think she's doing the right thing by honoring Fannie Mae. If you want to check out those letters that Lisa told us about, I'll be posting them on my Instagram account at Ghost Train Podcast, along with some of the videos Lisa shared with me of the hauntings of her pink Cadillac boutique. Lots of spooky stuff. Next week, I have the boys from the amazing YouTube show Haunted Side. They've done some really incredible investigations of some very legend, wait for it, dairy locations like the Winchester Mansion and the Silver Queen Hotel. Just to name drop a few, go check out their YouTube channel now, Haunted Side, so you can get ready for next week's GT podcast. All this and more next week. Until the next train, good luck sleeping tonight.